From one islander to another, Isle of Wight Radio proudly presents John Hannam Meets. Delighted as ever to welcome back to John Hannah Meets. You look gorgeous, you do. Thank you. Mickey Michelle. <laughs> hello, hello, John. You're always a charmer. <laughs> <laughs> I know how old you are and you look fantastic. Thank you, darling. We don't do age. <laughs> no, we don't. I certainly don't <laughs> Me anyway. <neither. laughs> I used to come here when I was age 10. Oh we're my at goodness. the new, well, we're at the Theatre Royal It's beautiful. It's the theatre beautiful. And you're coming to the Isle of Wight. Yes, we are. Hormonal Housewives. Yes. It's fabulous. 22nd of May. Yes. Is it good for a man, that, to see? Is oh, it... daunting, I think. <laughs> oh, that, that is... Are you going to watch tonight? <laughs> I'm going to come to Shanklin to watch. All right, OK. Yeah, um, yeah it's, I mean, it is female-orientated, really, yeah. hormone. And we talk about all things hormonal and children and chocolate and exercise. And, and men, I and guess. And men, and men. <laughs> yes. yes, they get it in the ear a bit. And actually, we've had quite a few men, and they seem to enjoy it. And uh, we had a comment from a, a man that said, He'd never laughed so much. Really? And he really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, um, but it's always, it's lighthearted. It's not vicious, you know. So, um, it's a great show. And it's been written by Julie Coombs and her husband, John McIsaac. And it's very clever. So, we actually play us. So, I'm Vicky. And Julie is Julie. And Josephine Partridge is Joe. And Julie's written it so that it's got a bit of us in it. You know, I talk about my daughter, Louise. Yes. You know, and uh, my husband at the birth. So all of those little bits are true. And then other parts um, are just sort of exaggerating slightly the truth. But... um, it's 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 great because all, all of us appeal to different sections of women in the audience and they all relate to one of us. So we've got exercise scenes, we've got waxing scenes, we've got... Oh, yes. Um, uh, the old girls in the home scenes. And, and so we play like little snippets of sketches and they're very funny. Um, and, and we've had fantastic audiences just packed out and just loving it and laughing their socks off, crying with laughter, which is brilliant. Wonderful. Um, you wanted to be a ballet dancer, didn't you? I did, ago. I did. When I was little, I did ballet from when I was about three. Yes. I was thinking today, Vicky, that if you'd have been a ballet dancer, yeah. you wouldn't still be working as much as you... I know, John. What a girl. What a good job I What I didn't realise at that time, that dancers only have a certain span and then you sort of open your own school or you do choreography, which a lot of my friends have done. And so it was by default. I I loved dance. I mean, went to stage school and I loved the the dancing and the acting. I was always good at school with acting, you know, English literature and, you know, did poetry and things like that at school. So I was always good at that. And then went to Ada Foster with my sister Anne. And I got sent for auditions and then started getting, you know, telework and theatre. And then sort of that that's where my career took me. Because Babs went there, didn't she? Yes, she did. Barbara yeah. Windsor did. When yeah. I interviewed her many years ago, she was on about Ada Foster. Yeah. And I said, you're the first Ada Foster babe I've ever interviewed. Oh, really? You know? but, uh, oh, was... but I think she went to the school. I went to the students. My sister went to the school and followed it through. In fact, I'm a Lady Rattling, and there's quite a few of the girls that are Lady Rattlings that went to Ada Foster as well. You girls do so well as Rattlings, oh, yeah. don't you? And it's a great organisation where all the women stick together and, and we raise money for charity. And they're all just lovely, lovely ladies, you know. Costa del Celebrity, was it? <laughs> I had a fantastic time on that. It was great. We went to the Costa del Sol, sort of around the Algarve and around there, and 
we did everything. We crushed our own grapes in a wine thing, you know, how they did. And that was fascinating because how they did their grapes, it was by when the moon was at a certain time wow. picking them. And it was organic and it was an amazing, just a small family business. And they only sold their wine for so long and it was just fabulous. And I was with Ainsley Harriet, who had the most enormous feet. You know, I'm going, Ainsley, move over in the vat. I couldn't get my feet in. And uh, Nick Owen um, and Diamond and Christine Hamilton. We all got on with each other. I'd known Ainsley and Nick before, and Anne, really. I hadn't met Christine before, and she just made me laugh. So we had a fantastic time talking about Spain and doing everything Spanish. <laughs> Your sort of ideal for reality TV, you sort of... People that have been there, done it, and you're full of life, aren't you? Uh, yeah, well, I like, to, I like to enjoy myself, you know, and, I'm, and I like to muck in and have a laugh. If I'm going to do something, it's got to be fun. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? Exactly. You know, so, um, and we did. We had a really big laugh. I think even when I did I'm a Celebrity, we had a laugh, you know, so that was fun as well. In hindsight, you glad you did that one? Yeah, it was, uh, just before I was going to do it, I went, oh my goodness, I'm not sure about this. And my daughter went, oh no, you have to, mummy. And I went, okay. And, um, but I did, I was, I'm braver than I thought I was. I always thought I was quite brave, but I'm not sure with insects and bugs and no. things, but I realised I was. And it's like you're doing things for other people, so you have to put yourself through it. And I had a good, you know, gang of people there. And it makes you prioritise your life. Um, but also it was a lot of fun. I think I, I sort of enjoyed it in a sort of masochistic, sadistic sort of way. It was like we were being punished continually, but you sort of learnt to enjoy it. And then when you got a, like a little bonus, you think, oh, that's fabulous, you know, appreciate the small things in life. <laughs> you did a movie about foot soldiers, didn't you? Oh, yeah, Rise of the Foot Soldier mm. 3. And that was with my daughter, actually. So she was in that with me, Louise. And um, we only had a small, small part in it, but... Um, I knew the um, the production company, Carnaby Films, and I knew the boys that run that. And uh, we we went for the audition, and it, his uh, Andy's dad was there, and we we had a chat. And he said, "Well, I'm looking for mother and daughter. It was a different age group, but no, you'd be brilliant." And so we got the part, and it was nice. It was a nice little acting role. Do you um, work together much, you two? Or? Well, actually, uh, Louise and I did a tour called The Naked Truth. And that was about um, the, all these women meet up at pole dancing class. Oh, right. You know, but it's to keep fit. Yes. It's not to be a pole dancer. You know, it's just so that you keep, it's keep fit pole dancing class. And I had the most amazing people with me. Um, and Faye Toza was in it as oh, well. Oh, yes, she's and, nice. Uh, yeah, she's gorgeous. And, um, and lots of other really talented girls. And we had a really good time. I had to pole dance a little. My Louise had to be the pole dance instructor, so she really had to learn it. And, um, and that was, it was a very good play because it was all about different women's lives. A bit like stepping out, you know, their lives, yeah. why they're there, yeah. they talk about it. And I had a quite emotive uh, part in that, you know, because I was ill in it. But it was a great show. And um, we went to see Faye recently in Strictly. The, you know, after they'd finished, they do the yes. show at Black, yeah. not Blackpool, this was in, at the O2. Oh. And we went to see her and she was fabulous. And You yeah, did great. Grimaldi and then something sad happened after that, really, Yes, didn't it? it did. I did this, it was a short film. John Conway was putting it together and, um, and directing it and written it. And he'd always had this fascination for um, clowns and things. Because I think back in the day his mum was involved with the circus and things and family. And this was about 
Grimaldi, the famous clown, uh, the um, funniest man in the world, he called mm. it. So he did this short film, um, and uh, Pauline Quirk's son was in it, Charlie. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's yeah. very good. And um, and I was in it, and the Chuckles were in it. So I was playing Barry Chuckles' wife, sort of bossy wife, and um, Paul Chuckles was playing another part, another character in it. And we had David Essex was played Charles Dickens. Did he? So, yeah. So it was all sort of cameo parts and... Um, but it was a good story, and we won some awards. We won some awards for the film. And sadly, I mean, I didn't even know. Just a little while after that, we lost Barry Chuckle. Mm. And it was such a shock. And obviously, Paul didn't know he was, you know, yeah. as ill as he was. Because I was working with him. I didn't notice that, you know, he didn't make out he was ill or anything. No. And he was lovely and bubbly and jolly. And, and then... You know, and then sadly he passed. So I went to the funeral and, um, you know, Paul was in shock. and Because yeah, okay. we're quite good mates having worked with each other. So, uh, but his legacy will go on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I saw them in, which was their last pantomime at the Mayflower. Oh, yeah. I did two, uh, I think two pantomimes with them. They were so talented. Oh. I mean, how clever were they? Balancing acts and comedy and from me to you, me to you. And, you know, and the audiences just loved them. You can imagine a Mayflower full up and the Chuckle Brothers, they just had them eating out of their hands. Yeah, I think they've got a whole lot of kids of different, well, people, grown-ups of different ages that have grown up with them. A bit like Allo Allo, they've grown up with them. So they're very dear to people. Before you sort of became really famous as a vet, you, you were sort of worked with loads of fantastic comedians, didn't I you? I did, I did. Dick Emery, two Ronnies, Les Dawson, yeah. Little and Large, Kenny Ken Dodd. Ken Dodd. <laughs> Cannonball. Yeah. Uh, you name them, I worked with them. I, I think the only comedian I didn't work with was Benny Hill. Um, but I did meet him. And he wanted to use me, and but he wanted me to start again, and I'd already done it all. And right. I went, no, no, I, I, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Did you learn a lot about comedy from then, the timing and yes, everything? Yes, obviously, because yeah. we were doing a whole week. So we do a week and then do the show, week's rehearsal. And I'm watching, like, the two Ronnies, their timing. I mean, and uh, Les Dawson, amazing, how they delivered the, the gags, mm. how, you know. And I think what you don't realise is when you're working with these greats, Dick Emery, that you're gleaning this this talent without realising it. Mm. So you just know how to deliver the jokes. And I think it was um, the Ronnie Barker said to me, you know, like, your timing is excellent. And it's probably just something that... I mean, my family have always laughed, and my dad has always told jokes, and his timing was brilliant. Yeah. So I think it's inherent, but also I learnt so much from the greats. Who is it? Who's who? Him. Who? John Amam. John Amam. Amam. John Amam. Amam. John Amam. John Amam. And never mind Hey, rock on, Johnny. Hey, see you soon, Johnny, baby. John Hannam meets on Isle of Wight Radio. You worked with Dudley Moore. I did. I loved Dudley. He was just gorgeous. Tell me about the first time you knew you were working with him. I bet you were thrilled, weren't you? Well, I kept going back for this audition for Play It Again, Sam, and it was at the Globe Theatre. So at that time, we were auditioned on stage, So, which I think is a really good idea because you can see if people have stage presence or not. If people, someone walks into a room, you can sort of tell, but you can't tell if they've got stage presence. And so what these were American producers, and they sat in the auditorium and just cast as people came on the stage. And obviously you can see this, they've got that energy or not. And um, who was I with? That was Anne de Vigier, um, Dudley Moore... 
The fabulous Bill Kerr, who worked with Carmen Silvera in Compact. Oh, he was amazing. He was outrageous. Um, so, um, and Terence Edmonds, you know. Uh, so all of these really great people, and I, I worked with them. We did two weeks in Cambridge, and then we did a year at the Globe. Terence Edmonds, wasn't he in an early... He yes. played Sweet, didn't yes, he? Yes, yes. Was, was that the, the bill, was it? it? Was or the, Softly, no, Softly, no, it wasn't, no, Softly, Softly, Softly? It might have been Softly, or before that it might have been even. It might have been Zed. Was it, was it Zed Cars or... Zed Cars, yeah. Or, it wasn't Dixon, all the was it Dixon or Doc Gregg? I can't remember. No. Or one of those, he was yeah. in it and they loved it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, But, yeah. Uh, but people loved, Lorna Heilbronn was in it and um, everyone loved Dudley. And he was just, he was so talented, so humble, so like nice and fun to be with. And I think that all of us girls had a soft spot for Dudley. Sure, yeah. And that's why he was so, he was such a hit with women because yeah, he, was. He, was, he was sort of quite vulnerable, but funny and talented. And what a piano player. I know, I know, just amazing. So in 82, Avef, hello, hello, changed your life really, yes, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I yes, wonder, it did. have you ever thought what would have happened if you hadn't been in that? You'd have gone in a different direction perhaps? Would um, you? I'd still have been doing comedy. I mean, I did a whole series with Ken Dodd and the Bonnie. Yeah. I worked with them. Um, but obviously, most people want to do a successful series and David Croft and Jeremy Lloyd had written lots and Jimmy Perry and it's funny because my sister and I and Michelle uh, she's an actress as well we both went for this um, new show called Come Back Mrs Noah and David Croft couldn't make up his mind whether to use me or Anne for this role and he chose Anne in that one. But that was one of the ones that was not so successful. Mm. I think it was because it was up against Kenny Everett on the other side. And so it didn't get the viewing figures that it did. So I think it only ran for a couple of um, series. And then, but I played in that a French-made robot. So when Hello, Hello came, like David and Jeremy go, oh, now then, French, French. Oh, Vicky played that French-made robot. Let's get her in and see what our French accent's like. So I went and read for it. I read for... Michelle of the Resistance and Yvette Carte Blanche and <laughs> didn't hear for like months, probably six months, could have been nine months, nothing. I thought, oh, well, I haven't got that. And then all of a sudden the agent rings and said, you've got it. And the BBC had decided to go ahead with it. And, um, and the rest is history. You never tire of talking about it because it's, it sort of made your career... Took a, you, I d I, you know, people talk about typecast and, oh, I was typecast. And I said, well, you know, what was the point? Or you know, you come out of a really successful series and it was so well written mm. and loved by the public. And I thought, no, I don't want to leave it. I'm enjoying it. It's fantastic, fantastic um, actors in it. So well cast. Um, and it's still played today. It's on yesterday, on Sunday for three. Yeah, I know you've been watching <laughs> And everyone's watching it. I know. And then I think they're bringing it on Dave again. Do so find, it never goes. Do you find young people see you and, and you know, that didn't know perhaps when the original series was on? You must get recognised yes, by a different generation, get, if you like. Yes, I do. And it's funny because, I mean, might be talking to a journalist and they go, oh, we know you. You know, we used to sit with my nan and my nan loved this. So they introduced, nans obviously introduced kids to different comedy shows and, and also get the new ones, the new... Uh, people that have just picked up on it and it's laugh out loud comedy and, oh, yeah. and also it was sold to 80 countries yeah. so if I go abroad I mean they, we went to Bulgaria uh, some of us hello hello is it was huge it was like being sort of Sylvester Stallone it was like all the newspapers Amazing. were out it was fa you know the the showreels filming us and it was um, it was great 
So all of these, you know, Bulgaria, Sweden, Holland, New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, America, have all taken Aloha Aloha and are still showing it now. You all got on well, didn't you, Yes, obviously. we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is quite important, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we were together for 10 years. I think mm. we never really had any major fallings out. It was just like being a family. Might have the occasional spat, but not nothing, you know, nothing major. And so, and I think that's what's kept us close, you know, that. Mm. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to John Hannam Moots. You did Emmerdale too, didn't you? I did, I did. Patricia Foster. I did, it was a great role, and... Um, I was the mother of the two, there were the two gay boys, and Richard Grieve played my son. And uh, so they got me in as the mother, and I thought, this is great, right, so regular role. So I think I did a two or three, and they got a new producer in. And the producer got rid of my son and, and his partner. And I went, so the mother couldn't come back. So that's the trouble with new producers, they go in and put their stamp and get someone yeah. else in, yeah. you know. You've done musicals, Annie, of course. Yes, that was yeah. a great one. Miss Hannigan. I love Miss Hannigan. What a power, Shut up, it? you little brat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was great. I loved that. So I had this wig on and lipstick smudged down the sun. Yeah. yeah she was, it was a, uh, one of those uh, characters that I'd always wanted to play. And actually, my daughter played it at school. Did Fantastically. She? So she was giving me notes. Yeah. <laughs> You must have been a Marilyn Monroe fan years ago, like oh, all of us were. So you played her, didn't you? I did in uh, Hello, Norma Jean. Yeah. What a great play that was. Oh, we did, uh, we did the King's Theatre, then we did the park. And what I didn't realise until recently, that uh, the park had had this, um, what were the best plays ever there? So in the theatre that we were, over five years of it being open, and this was by the general public and the staff, and everyone involved, uh, they did a vote of what was their favourite play, and we came third. So it was such, it was so clever. It was um, Dylan Costello wrote it, and it was Marilyn Monroe had faked her death, and she'd been living in England, and decided to go back to reveal that she was alive still in America, and all the things that she did to prove that she was alive, and she had a gay grandson that he had been brought up to adore Marilyn Monroe so he sort of saw her in this sort of ethereal way so we had a sort of a, another uh, girl playing Marilyn as she would have been in when she was young yeah. and I was like this like bloody hell and so could she be living sort of in Essex and it was it was just so such a clever clever show you've done radio you still do radio, oh yes I'm, yeah, yeah Phoenix FM so I went into which is just close to me and it's something I've always wondered about. And uh, the ch chap, Paul, that uh, owns it, Golda, I went in and he said, you know, you're really good at chatting in him. I was being interviewed. He said, you're really good at chatting. Have you ever thought about doing it? I went, yeah, so I'd, I, you know, I'd like to. And so he said, well, come in and, you know. And then I did it and it was great. And I got all my mates in interviewing, you know, John Chalice. And, oh, yeah, I love John. Ray Cooney. And, yeah. um, and I interviewed a boxer and... Um, and Harry Redknapp, because oh. he's on my one of my uh, he's on one of my charities. So I'd met yeah. him. He's so funny. Yeah, he's hysterical. So I got him on the show. But this is before I knew he was going in. Uh, I'm a celebrity. But that sort of opened up new doors for him, hasn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah. He's got something else going on, an ad or something at the moment. Yeah, he's yeah, got everything him. going for him. Good luck to him. Yeah, he's I such love a it. nice guy. He is so, roll it, jam, roly poly. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And you do a lot of corporate speaking, don't you? Yeah, well, I've got my own company. Yeah, I know you have. So yeah. what happened was, when Alola was finishing, 
um, I was a bit scared because I thought, I'm typecast, am I going to work? What do I do? I've got a mortgage and I've got the baby. So um, I thought, what have I done before? And that was like sort of do public appearances as Yvette. Um, so I thought, well, let's do that, something like that. So I started my own company, providing celebrities for after-dinner speaking, check presentations, motivational speakers, product endorsement. And... Um, and it went from strength, but for two, three years, I'm still working because I've got loads and loads of theatre. So I didn't realise you, you just don't stop working with theatre because even if you're typecast on telly, which stood me in really good stead because I've done so much theatre, mm. fast musicals, and that's given me another, you know, fantastic um, learning curve and be at these wonderful theatres. So I did that, formed the company, and then I ran it for about two or three years by myself, and then I went, I can't do everything um, so two of my sisters run that now. Oh, yeah, terrific. So yes, so that that's another thing that I do. And I know you're involved with homeless worldwide. Are you still involved yes. with that? Yeah. Yeah. Then we did a record, which was um, "He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother," mm. uh, which they released, and that was the girl that got me involved. Her brother had gone onto the streets. He was on drugs. He'd gone on the streets, and unfortunately, took his own life. And so it was very important to her so we released this record and got some amazing singers um you know heather small from the mp oh. she was fun and now she's a mate with my daughter louise that lived here. yeah and um yeah she's an amazing woman but so many alexandra o'neill i mean just amazing the voices on that the voices on that record are unbelievable mm. um mm. So, yeah, homeless is, is a really big issue. And it's, especially as I'm involved with a lot of the soldier, you know, soldiering on and all of those uh, ex-forces, um, charities. And you find a lot of the guys that are homeless are, for, are ex-servicemen. So that's very important to me as well. Apart from all the other charity work that I do. I know, yeah. <laughs> when you did Softly, Softly and Likely Lads in the yeah. very early days of yeah. your career, did you have a dream? Did you have a real ambition at that stage? Or You know, I wanted to keep working. And I think that, you know, my sister at one time, she was getting some very big roles. And she said, oh, you just, Vicky, you can't do those smaller roles. And I went, well, the way I look at it, Anne, I said, I'm doing those smaller roles, but I'm going to be working with those producers and those people. And they're going to remember me maybe for something else. And that sort of happened, you know, years later. They said, oh, well, let's get Vicky in for this. So I think in a way, do working so much and doing television and meeting all the producers that are now heads of television was good. And so I've touched wood. I keep I keep working, ticking over, and and all, there's always something new, you know. I mean, like hormonal housewives, one nighters. Oh my god! Yeah, that goes on till the end of June. The end of June, but it's one night. It's like sixty-eight venues. Wow! I mean, it's mad. And there's only three three of us doing the yeah. dialogue total. So it's you say, oh yeah, I'll do that, and then you go, oh my god, this is humongous, but very funny. And you got a panto in. A lovely city called York. Yes, beautiful. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. And uh, Chris Marino, who I'd worked with back in the day when it was E&B Productions, Paul Elliott, I think they were my first sort of employed me for Panto. And I also did uh, Miss Hannigan. My first Annie was for him at Lincoln Theatre. And, and it was funny because um, I think someone, there, there was a couple of uh, irons in the fire for Panto this year. And then I was in Groucho, and, I, and I'm just talking to a friend in there, and Chris Marino bumps. He's never in there because he lives out Lincoln. He went, Vicky! I said, oh, hi! And then there was another, he was with a director, Alan, um, who directed me in Dracula when yeah. I did that. And they were both together. Went, hi, how are you? 
And Chris goes, how are you, darling? Do you want to do panto this year for me? I went, yes! <laughs> and that was it. So we, Amazing. yeah, I'm doing panto. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it was Mark Little and Martin, Daniel. Martin Daniels. Daniels. Yes. He did a summer season at Sandown Pavilion on the Isle of Wight Yeah, ago. oh, he's fabulous. And he's he so is. clever. And I worked with him before um, in panto. Oh. Can't remember which one, but he's great. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to working with him. And of course, you're coming to the Isle of Wight, Shanklin, yes. May 22nd. May 22nd, I can't wait. I can't wait to pick on you in the audience, John. <laughs> sit near the front. No, I'm not, go- I'm not going to. I'm going to sit right at the back so you don't know I'm there. Okay. <laughs> Vicky, it's always a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. In a minute, I'm going to give some of the other tour dates because this goes nationally on a podcast yes. as well. Oh, so. fabulous. So, um, well, you're you're a celebrity in your own right, John, aren't you? Stop it. You are, you know, Isle of Wight's major celebrity. Stop (laughs) it. Lots of luck and, uh, well, lots of luck with this current tour. Thank you. And the panto. If I survive it, John. You'll survive it. (laughs) And uh, lots of luck with your future career. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Jew! Ha ha ha! How tatty hilarious, folks! How discomnockerating to listen to that wonderful programme full of rumbunky nonchalance! John Hannah meets. Good gracious me! John, your show is fabulous as always. And now we're at the end, and I've loved being in your. Oh, Brunker bird, you naughty boy! <laughs> yes, but I'm not as young as I used to be. We don't do old. <laughs> Before I go back into the broom cupboard, I'll give you the venues following Shankland Theatre. Bridgewater, Dundee, Glasgow, Hereford, Yeovil, Leamington, Port Talbot, Aberdare, Barnstable, Poole, Torquay, Telford, Carlisle, Lichfield, Malvern, Ellesmere Port, York, Landudno, Birmingham, Stockport, Brighton, Aylesbury, Folkestone and... Clacton on sea. There's certainly one to lie down after that lot. I think I do too. John Hannam can't cook, won't cook, but what a sexy voice. You've been listening to John Hannam Meets, courtesy of Isle of Wight Radio. Don't forget to look at my website, johnhannam.com, for news of more interviews and how you might purchase my books. Thanks for listening. Bye bye for now.